0: Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I get really, really excited anytime I get to talk to a horror author because there's something about reading their work that is just so fascinating to me that they can get to the point where, where it's kind of like creepy and scary at the same time. And I want you guys to get to know author Brian J. Smith, who's written so many like stories and his novel called Dark Avenues. And I'm just really ready to dive into his work. Hi, Brian. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on.
0: I'm so excited that you're here. It's almost like if I talk to a horror author, I want to be kind of like solemn and morose and kind of scared a little bit. But honestly, it's really exciting for me. So let's go ahead and get into your work. Let's start with Dark Avenues. Can you tell me
1: all about that? Uh, Dark Avenues is a uh, novella and a short story collection. Oh, um, okay. The novella is about a man who does headstone rubbings for a living. He does has a hobby. He and his wife did, did them when they were together. But he continues them long after her death. And before he knows it, he gets pulled into a uh, supernatural mystery where he is visited by the ghost of a uh, young teenage girl. I've always wanted to do something like that. I've always wanted to take something that I used to do as a, as a child and incorporate that into horror fiction. You know, a lot of us tend to take from the past and just go, you know, what if if we did this as a child and it backfired on us or it caused something supernatural or something exciting to happen? It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I put it off for about a year or so, and I just dove right into it the first chance I got.
0: Dark Avenues isn't your first part of having... Harvard an anthology or a collection. You're part of a lot of different anthologies. Can you, you yeah. tell me a little bit more about your your process there?
1: I got into short stories first. I I did a couple of uh, novellas, and I started getting into short stories because an author told me, you know, to break into the business, go go small, give people a little example of what you're like, of the kind of content that you produce, of the content that you publish. And just give them a little sneak peek at what you're, and then when you're up there, just go ahead and go a little higher and then go high with the novels. I didn't actually write my first novel till I was 22. That's and, young, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> you <know. laughs> I wrote my first novel twenty one at twenty two it was like it was the worst thing i've now that I look at my other stuff, I go that one says i'm twenty one because I just did not give a care about grammar <laughs> and syntax and all this here, and I started to incorporate more things from the headlines, ideas that I remember from movies I used to watch as a kid back in the eighties I mean, who didn't love eighties horror movies
0: <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan, I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah. Well, what 80s,
0: 90s. I love Poltergeist.
1: Like, oh, that's a good one.
0: I love, love that. And one of my favorites is Child's Play all the way. Like, I've oh, yeah. always been a fan yeah. and will always be a fan.
1: <laughs> I like Creepshow. <gasps> yes. I watched I watched Creepshow when I was six. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I love I Tales watched, from the Crypt. I remember my brother and I, we got to have, he was 13 and I was 12 because we're like 18 months apart. We had a little black and white TV up in our bedroom and a little coat hanger for like an for, for, uh, <laughs> antenna. antenna. <laughs> and Friday nights at nine o'clock and nine thirty on HBO, one of us was was back there moving that antenna slightly to the right, slightly to the left and a little bit forward, and a little bit back just so we can get. The TV, their work, right? (laughs) (laughs) We could could catch the newest episode of that show. But as a child, I grew up with a lot of TV shows, Toss from the Dark Side. My favorite movie would have to be uh, Twilight Zone, the movie.
0: Well, I haven't seen it, actually. It's it's on my list, for sure. (laughs) That
1: that one is very near and dear to me, because we were in California when I was in second grade, and I didn't know where I was. I've never been to California. I've always been in you know, Ohio for most of my childhood, but there was this one part where we went to California and it was a very nice Vietnamese people who ran this video store. And every time I went there, it got to point to where I would always pick that movie <laughs> and, I, and I got to point to where the husband would have the movie waiting at the counter for me and a free bag of Reese's Pieces.
0: that's cool.
1: (laughs) And and every time I see that movie, every time I I see the movie poster, I see the movie on TV, I'm like, yeah, I've got to watch. This movie means so much to me. If it had not been for that man's generosity, I wouldn't know what I'd be watching, (laughs) you know?
0: And if only he knows that you're a horror author now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Stemming
0: from that, that would be really neat and really cool. Loving those types of movies, which I honestly can talk about it all day because I love that stuff. But how did it shift to you becoming an author, putting pen to paper at this point?
1: As a child, my sister looked up to me a lot and she would always get scared about going to sleep because... Being in California, we heard all kinds of noises. You know, we heard all kinds of, you know, fast cars driving by. And sometimes they made little gun noises, and she would always get terrified. And once we got back to Ohio and everything, she wasn't scared anymore, but she always wanted me to tell her a story before bedtime. And I would come up with a really good story, and I was good at telling stories to my sister. It got to the point to where my parents were like, maybe you should be an author, you should write stories for children i'm like i don't know if i can read them for i can write them for children i mean i could give it a shot because i had got done telling my sister about a uh, about a bunch of kids who messed around the farmhouse that once belonged to an old man with a with a with a hook on the right hand so i don't think i can i can write for children
0: (laughs) honestly i feel like even when i was like 10 or 11 years old around that time if i read a story like that i would i would love it I would, you know, I think I would really enjoy it just because we've always liked these types of movies, too. You know,
1: I had a uh, sixth grade teacher that saw me just writing, scribbling in my notebook. And he's like, well, you know, what is it that you're writing? I said, a short story. He goes, can I can I see it af- after a class? And I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. I know where <laughs> this is going. Here's a call that, that my parents got. And I turned it in and he Gave it back to me the very next Monday and said, if you give me these, I'll give you extra credit. Oh. So I started doing them for extra credit. He had me kind of type them out on a on a typewriter. And I gave him one of them and his wife read it. And she gave him back the story and told him to tell me that he's not allowed to bring the stories home.
0: Uh.
1: Here I was like 13 and I guess one them really, really made her uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: I'm really um, curious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I mean, it was just a story about a girl wandering, you know, wandering through a meadow with some flowers. And these flowers were not nice flowers. And they were trying to like leach onto her skin like leeches and everything. And that's why his wife was like, yeah, don't 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 bring his stories home. And, uh, <laughs> if you do, just don't don't let me read them. It, it got to the point to where I had it. I had a knack for it. As a, you know, a 13-year-old kid, that, that could put some enthusiasm in a child's life, a teenager's life. And they got to the point to where I would just I just did it all the time. I started writing stories. I wrote little, like, I want to say, like, novelettes. I started having trouble getting stories published. I got into the form a lot more. I started reading other writers, Dean Koontz, and I started reading Stephen King, a lot more Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft when i got to 22 like i said i wrote my first novel but my first story did not get published until i was 26
0: Oh, okay what is that one with
1: that one is not is not on a um, anthology oh okay. but i actually it was reprinted in uh, dark horses magazine volume 15 came out april 1st
0: cool i read that you published stories in different magazines and ezines as well and can you tell me a little bit more about your work around that or how, how, how that works, really?
1: Short stories, you can't go as far as you'd like. But you, you still got time to tell a really good story. You still got time to hook the reader. You still got time to give the reader an experience that, that they won't forget. But eSigns was something that just fell into my lap. One day, I wrote a story and I sent it to the horror zine. That was where my first E-Zine story went to was uh, The Horror Zine. I got Author of the Month for August of 2009.
0: Cool. That's <laughs> I pretty I was named cool. Author of the
1: Month. Then it was put into an uh, anthology called, And the Nightmare Begins, Volume 1, The Horror Zine. And this year, I'm going to have another story. It'll be my my third story for The Horror Zine. It's their new uh, monster stories.
0: Are you able to tell us the the gritty part of your stories that you're going to be putting in these at all, or should we, should we not spoil it? <laughs> should we go back well, to like your other uh, books instead?
1: <laughs> I've got one in uh fear forge anthology Bring 2023. That's about witchcraft. I've always wanted to write Ooh. something about about witchcraft. I have a story that's going to be published in a anthology based on songs by the band ghost how
0: appropriate
1: <laughs> called tales from the clergy i based it off of their off their song spillways that's a really like dark i want to say it's body horror i don't know if you say you would call somebody like who does things to themselves
0: yeah yeah
1: it's body horror it's in, it's in that scary that to read
0: actually <laughs>
1: It's going to be featured in that, and if you read Consuming Darkness and then you read the story that's going in the Harzine anthology, Monster Stories, that one there is called Last Stop Before Langston. That tells you about what the creature was doing, the creature in Consuming Darkness, what it was doing before it arrived into the town of Langston.
0: Okay, I'm ready to just read any of these or even watch little <laughs> episodes of any of these. So, if you could please make them into little movies or episodes, that would be great. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I considered
1: I consider doing audiobooks. Oh, oh my god. I considered please doing do an audiobook of uh, some some short stories. I'm going to work on one called um, Uncle Bobby and Other Stories. And Uncle Bobby is a crime noir story that's in my anthology dark avenues
0: oh okay i was about to ask
1: yeah i want to read that one and i i'd like to put at least that one and maybe three more on there i'm not sure like how long you know certain audiobooks can be i don't know if i can put like a whole 305 page book on on one whole audio well
0: you mentioned consuming darkness a couple of times there and that's one of your works as well. Can we dive into what Consuming Darkness, what that book is about?
1: That book is about a creature who flees. He, it, it, um, it goes into a small rural town and it starts to kill people left and right. It starts to kill them in the most diabolical, visceral way. It's called what's known as a winged devourer. It's a non-alien creature that used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid, because I watched the movie Beastmaster with Mark Sanger. I don't know if you remember that one.
0: No, sorry, no.
1: Okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a scene where he he cut this guy off of a stone altar, and there were these creatures around that had their hands folded across their chest. They had, like, a little holes for, like, nostrils, but they had, like, these sad human eyes like they were trapped inside of this persona for some sad reason. And Mark Singer tells him, you know, run, don't, you know, look behind you. Don't look back, just run. And the guy makes a mistake of looking back, and one of them creatures wraps him up in its arms. It's got these wings, and it just sucks the flesh from his bones.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) But it doesn't take his clothes. It doesn't take any of his, like, money or anything. And I looked up, I'm like, is this thing actually real? Because I did not want to take from somebody else's idea. Right. You know, I, and, I, and I, and I, you know, I always thought cause when I was eight years old watching this and that scene gave me nightmares a lot when I was a kid, it, it gave me nightmares. Cause my, my grandma, she liked to wear those movements. And I had a nightmare where she, walked up to me and and hugged me oh my goodness and the movement was turning into those wings that those things have and i woke up in a cold sweat later on that that night and i and i told nobody about the dream and nobody ever knew about that dream until i mean long long time ago i always wanted to do something with that creature because i thought that is one visceral way of killing somebody you know Yeah,
0: absolutely
1: I thought, you know, I'll just throw him inside of a small town and I'll do like an 80s, 90s throwback to all those creature features that we used to watch when we were kids. You know, Night Flyer, Jeepers Creepers. Oh, I'm trying to think what else. They had all kinds of creature features come out. And, you know, there are people that have read it and they said it remind them of the creature features from the 60s and 70s that they grew up watching what this thing does is it wraps its arms around a person and it secretes this acid that makes the flesh softer for them to, to uh, consume. It's kind of like how, how a mama bird will chomp up the food right. before it, it in, into the baby bird's mouth. This acid makes the flesh consumable and it leaves the bones, your clothes and like your wallet, bracelet, all your jewelry. It takes, it takes everything but that. And I thought, you know, I need, I need to do something with this now. I need to do something <laughs> like a, a throwback horror novel about this creature. And I want to do more with it. I want to do more with it. I don't think I'm done yet. I tell myself I'm done, but then there's, there's this voice that goes, no, you're not. No. <laughs> we know you want to do something with this. When I did that, I was, I was, you know, nervous. I'm like, you know, no one's gonna like this. They're gonna say it's a ripoff of somebody else's novel. It's not gonna be good enough. So I was like, you know what? You know, fear. <laughs> Run at it. Just just go at it.
0: Just do it.
1: <laughs> just do it. You know, and I sent it to two people and they just loved it. They loved Yay.
0: it. I want to read it now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think to me, writing short story may even be more difficult because you really have to you really have to edit down to the nitty gritty of it versus just kind of adding on more and more. But that's just me. Yeah. But who knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't actually, know. You would know. <laughs> actually, short short stories can be a little, OK, I want to put this in there, but I got no room for it. You got to kind of make a choice like I need to put this information in it. I want to put this information that, but where can I squeeze it into, though? Because I've only got so many words to squeeze into the story before they say, okay, we got to take this out because it, it's, not, it's not partial to the story. It's not important. You have something that is small. I've always been told, make sure, bleed every scene, bleed every color into, into a short story. Get in there as much as you can, make the information pertinent, make it important, and then go off and let them make the judgment like okay this here doesn't fit this here doesn't make sense so we gotta we gotta take this away All right but short stories can be a little more they can be more more grueling than novels novellas they can be a lot more grueling but eventually people i think authors tend to kind of get into the groove of okay i gotta keep it this this short because I had heard that misery was actually it started out as a as a short story.
0: Oh, I read yeah. that so long ago, but I didn't realize it was a short story
1: at the beginning. That one started out as a short story, and I think oh something else did. I'm not I'm not sure, but I know that one he mentioned in an interview, it started out as a short story.
0: I mean, we know that like Shawshank Redemption was a short story period or i mean it did seem so short but it was a
1: short story yeah <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> so brian so you have your you know your dark avenues consuming darkness even another work called abby's wrath but you're also in different anthologies is there a preference at this point what would you rather do or creating your own anthology with different works from other people what are some projects that you would like to do beyond here
1: I'd like to get into uh, novellas more because I think they are so awesome to do. I've never been timid about, about doing novels. I've never been like, oh, my God, I'm writing something over 300 pages. Oh, no, I'm going to be on it forever. It's novellas I'm starting to get into. And I had recently got into the uh, Night Stalker episode, the TV show, the Night Stalker with Darren McGavin. And I've always wanted wanted to create a character like that. Of my own to kind of pay homage to that TV series. And because that is such an excellent series, I think, you know, kids nowadays and parents nowadays, if they get the chance to pass that on and say, hey, you know, this is what I used to watch on my Friday nights when I was home, I think they would, they would love it. I'd like to do my own character or that. I'd like to move on to splatter westerns. Ooh. Yes. I, <laughs> Dark Avenues actually has a really weird. I want to say it's a weird Western tale in it that I've been told that is that is very good. One person did a um, review of that, and she said, "I've never actually wanted to do a what you know read westerns, but this story it got me to read it anyway, and I wanted to give it a shot."
0: That might work the same effect for me, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I've never really been attracted to like Western stories. Not not that they're horrible or anything like that. It's just yeah, you know, I don't ever really pick it up. But you're adding in a scary element to it that that really catapults me to wanting to read it for sure. So with all these works that you have going on, so where
1: can we get your books? You can get my books on my uh, uh, Amazon link. Uh, all the books are on Amazon. You can go through me personally. I've been having a deal. Uh, I've been I've been putting a sale together of my own where um, people can get uh, copies of Dark Avenues and Consuming Darkness with bookmarks and autographs oh. yeah
0: <laughs> Ooh, Brian. well i'm sorry to have to cut this short because i feel like we can okay. discuss this a lot uh because you have a lot of work and i i want you to come back to tell me more as far as your future work maybe later this year or whatnot sure thank you for being here brian is there any last minute thing you want to say before we go today
1: uh, well, I just want to let people know that uh, July of 2023, my sixth, my, I think it's my sixth or my seventh. I'm not sure. I think it's my seventh. <laughs> my seventh novel will be out. It's called Dead River. It is a zombie apocalypse movie. Do you mean novel? It's a zombie apocalypse novel.
0: Oh, cool. it, will, it,
1: it will be out in July of this year. I'm looking to do another collection. This nice. year I just like to thank you for having me on the show and I had a great time, you know.
0: I love listening to others talking about their work like this and I'm definitely fascinated by all the creatures that you've talked to that you <laughs> talked about so far and and I'm really curious of like what actually truly happens in the story. You know, you can tell me about a great character, but I want to know what happened also and and
1: mm-hmm. ultimately
0: did they survive or did they not? <laughs> <laughs> But I want to say thank you for coming today. And truly I need to rope you back in really soon because I want to hear about Dead River. I want to hear about your collections and all the other anthologies that you're part of. But we'll say bye for today. But thank you, Brian, for coming by.
1: Well, no problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, I really bye. appreciate it.
0: Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book please continue to support indie others and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash podcast, where just for a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Katty and I talk all things book, and about her cats, too. See you then. Thank you. Bye-bye.